Cheers, everyone, and welcome to the Hawkhound original blockbuster movie review of Barbenheimer, the movie where Oppenheimer blows up the Barbie mansion. Um, no, PJ. I haven't seen it. PJ, it's <laughs> Bart. You do know that the Barbie, the Barbie movie, and Oppenheimer were two different movies, right? I do now. I do now. We would be wrong to not be reviewing two of the biggest hits this summer. And it was Abby's idea to keep me completely in the dark, as we do on our regular show, as we do on Conspiracy Pilled. We come into this, one person knows all the stuff, and the other person is asking the question. So why would we not do the same for what I thought was a movie review? Is two I didn't think it was two. I didn't think it was a movie. Which one are we going to talk about first? Because these are like there's so many questions. There's so many opinions, and I feel like I've heard more opinions on Barbie. So many, like so much opinions. I feel like I should have just watched the movie. You should have just watched the movie. Actually, we should just go right now because we're dressed for it. So, I I did dress for Barbie today. I would, I would watch it as again a total joke <laughs> to make you go to see it. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Like I haven't obviously I haven't seen it. There has been all this buzz. There's there's Ben Shapiro's take literally 43 minutes of this is the biggest piece of crap ever made. It's the worst thing. It's basically AIDS on film. And then there's like, oh, what's it? Uh, Shoe on Head's boyfriend was talking about how this is actually a conservative movie. I've seen all these different opinions. You seem to have a very different take. You gave it a 6 out of 10. Yes, I gave it a 6 out of 10. I, I liked it. It was a, it was a good time. I don't think it was the worst movie that has ever been made in the history of making movies, as Ben seemed to think. Is this like purely a feminist propaganda film, or no. is there something worth watching? And who's it for? Because I think that's the big thing. I, I have watched the Ben Shapiro view, mm -hmm. and he was like the the biggest thing. I felt like he was adamant that this was made for seven year olds, and it's inappropriate and awful for seven year olds. And without seeing it, just my opinion. I don't imagine any of these movies that are calling up nostalgia from people our age are actually mm -hmm. for seven-year-olds. No, no. Bar the Barbie movie is not for seven-year-old girls. I mean, I am I saw a couple of seven-year-old girls at the theater. Moms can make their own choices about who they bring. But no, it's not. it hasn't been marketed to children. It's not for children. See, yeah. I'm just, again, this is just uh, going into this blindly. I have a daughter who's eight. And every movie that's ever come out that is marketed towards her, I hear about a million times. Get begged to take her to the movies. She's and she still plays with Barbies. Yeah, she never once brought up this movie or talked to me. So I'm having like the, a trouble seeing this is actually being marketed towards them. I've just always felt like this was marketed towards the nostalgia factor. Our whole generation is like really into. I loved you know Marvel comic books growing up. So let's make a bunch of Marvel movies that are for people between twenty and forty. Yeah, and coincidentally, some of them will be you know, child friendly enough that, that, that you'll want to bring your kids. So yeah. maybe it is marketed towards the moms to bring their kids, but it's definitely marketed towards Toward the moms. Towards yeah. The moms, right. It's for, it's for women. It, it's for women who play with Barbies as kids. And I mean, it wasn't for Ben. So of course he wasn't going to enjoy it. it. Nothing about it was going to resonate with him because the message was for women. And I think there was a lot that Ben Let's put it. I like. I love Ben Shapiro. I like. I, I'm not trying to be unkind, but Ben decided what he thought of that movie before he ever walked into the theater. He knew exactly what his review was going to be 
before he walked into the theater. He just went in, got the notes he needed, and and walked out with his opinion. Uh, the whole time I'm watching his review, I'm like, did we watch the same movie? Because you're missing really basic stuff about this or or seemingly willfully misinterpreting basic stuff about it. And that that annoyed me. And it felt like it was, I mean, there was just 50 million YouTube ads on it. And we know that like you, you choose that as a creator. You choose how many ads you put on it. It just felt like something that was purposely... Long outrage for the purpose of keeping people around. Right. I it, I didn't feel like he tried to understand what the movie was or tried to be fair to it in any way. Right. So, like, obviously we talk about propaganda a lot. And there is definitely a lot to be said about social engineering, what kind of messages they're putting into kids' minds. Something I'm very aware of all the time. And it comes up on our show pretty often. Yeah. Without seeing it, I just want to give some, like... Basic idea, like basic things that I would have imagined are in it, and then I want to hear if like that is is yeah. the case or what your thought was. Were, but like, I imagine the the debate around Barbie for I don't know ten years or more has been kind of two things. Like one of them is Barbie is this unrealistic beauty standard. It's awful. It's terrible. We want to be fat, purple haired lesbians and and look slovenly. Mm-hmm. And then the other side is, you know you're trying to destroy beauty, which I always thought was kind of a weird argument to have around a kid's yeah. toy in the first place. Yeah. But it is. It's this thing. It's like, on one hand, Barbie would, in real life, would be like this seven-foot-tall blonde with a 24-inch waist, which is just actually it's, literally unrealistic. doesn't work. And then the other hand is, from a side who actually does want to destroy beauty, who does not want women mm-hmm. to be womanly, who does not want feminine, feminine, they don't want feminism with femininity at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's definitely this whole aspect of the transgender debate, which has been like this, the biggest propaganda brainwash has been put on kids today. So like, is all of that in there? Is this, this massive, we want to be fat, slovenly purple haired lesbians and maybe men as well, or is it something totally different and something more fun? It's totally different and more fun. Okay. And then before we, cause I want to hear like, like yeah. all the little details. The other side of the, the the aisle, the the kind of contrarians that are out there saying this is actually a huge conservative movie and everybody's misunderstanding it. Is it is it no. a conservative movie? No, no, it's not. Okay. <laughs> so what what is it about this? Because you again, you liked it. So liked what is it, it that you liked about it? I thought that it did a good job of looking at the culture and being self aware about where we're at with relationships between men and women. So the movie starts out with little girls playing with baby dolls. It's in the world before before Barbie. All there were was baby dolls. And then Barbie shows up. And, and when Barbie shows up, the little girls in this really kind of disturbing scene smash their baby dolls on the rocks. They don't want them anymore. They don't want to be mothers. They want to be Barbie. And, uh, and that's kind of the setup of like this female empowerment thing. But you get the sense in the first scene that this isn't necessarily a good thing it's the smashing the babies uh, is hold on hold on if we're talking about like pre-barbie baby dolls like these possessed creepy yeah, like yeah, that yeah. we've talked yeah. about on our show before <laughs> i am all for smashing the demonic baby dolls i'm pro barbie movie now so the, the way that it sets it up because this is important for how it ends mm-hmm. it sets it up as the only thing that girls have to play with the only game that girls have is mother and maybe they want to play a different game than Mother. Like, it's great to play Mother, but maybe maybe we want another toy to inspire 
but but not as far as to promote the Proverbs 31 woman who <laughs> makes the clothes and does it like has industry in the home. It's not like that type of concern. I mean, it's film. not concern. I mean, wh- okay. In sometimes when when we when you critique a movie, and I've always had a problem with Christians for doing this, conservatives for doing this. Why would you? Cr- criticize a movie made by the mainstream culture for not being your particular brand of conservative Christian. Yeah, like, I get this argument, right? Because on one hand, there is this egregious hatred towards Christians, towards conservative culture, towards families, towards, you know, men, all these things that are like really nefarious in films for a long time. And I get saying, hey, we just don't want to come to the movies and be hated on for two right. hours. We're giving our money. But I do wonder if people are missing how much of the culture we actually are winning back in small ways. Yes. And then taking it to this extreme of, well, now why aren't you making exactly the movie that I want that has all my values? Is that right. kind of what you're saying? Right. I mean, of course it's not going to be a conservative movie. Hollywood made it. But right. what I will say for Barbie is that it. It, it talks about the culture we're in and then it pushes in a conservative direction from where we are. So I think conservatives have never understood the value of incrementalism. Yes. Thank you. This is actually the point I was trying to make, right? Yes. Is from what I understand of the movie is it's not actually as woke as everybody feared. It no. Would be. Like if you actually look at the, the Barbie debate that we've had to suffer through right. for a decade, every trope that you would imagine being in there, is not in there at least to that extent. So even on some cultural way, it's a win, especially considering how woke and how insane, how propaganda, mm-hmm. propagandistic uh, films have been for the last few years. To see something this big made by such, mm-hmm. for it not to be propagandistic in a huge, in your face, like punch you in the face way, that's almost a win in and of itself in incrementalism. I think so. And now Ben, Ben really felt like he was punched in the face. And I want to talk about why. I think it's because Ben went in expecting to be punched in the face and he read every little thing as an attack on him when it when it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so the movie is starts off with that scene I described, introducing Barbie into the world. And then it introduces Barbie land, which is the this toy land where the Barbies live. And it is a matriarchy. It is. It is everything you'd expect the matriarchy to be. It's everything you'd expect Barbie land to be. Um, Ken has always been just an accessory to Barbie in in the scheme of things. And Barbie has... No one al- gives a crap. I think people care more about Ken that now that he's Ryan Gosling than they yeah, ever cared ever about Ever cared about Ken ever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Barbie has never been a conservative thing. So that's the starting place, right? This is a movie about a feminist thing it was all barbie was always about inspiring women to be career minded Mm -hmm. um there are no mother barbies there was very briefly a pregnant barbie but it was discontinued there's somewhat like a homemaker barbie like stuff but you're right it does seem much more career minded like dr barbie and lawyer barbie yeah 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 and and ken is not you ken's just an accessory so you set up this matriarchy it's this perfect world. It kind of starts out like the Lego movie does where it's like everything's perfect except it's not kind of a thing. I love the Lego movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is kind of this party land perf- perfection, but but Ken is 
you can tell Ken is really unhappy. He can't get Barbie's attention. Um, she doesn't, she's not mean to him, but she treats him the way that any girl would treat a guy who's continually hanging on that she's just not attracted to, that she's just not that into. And he's just really, really wants her attention. And um, <laughs> there's there's a lot of good, Ben didn't appreciate all, all the little like Barbie related jokes, probably because he didn't play with Barbies as a kid and he didn't get them. I don't mm-hmm. know. But the problem that's set up, and this was interesting from a conspiracy standpoint, is yeah. that there is this portal that breaks open. <laughs> when you open. told me there's a portal in this movie, I was like, oh, okay. The portal that breaks open between Barbie land. The, a, t- a tulpa coming through a portal is what you're saying. <laughs> like this, this, yeah, this thought form thing. that it created thought form thing that comes into the real world through a portal. That yeah. does sound like a conspiracy filled episode. Yeah, that yeah. the portal the portal begins and the portal originally is is just affecting Barbie in weird ways, making her more human. Uh, all of a sudden she doesn't have her high heel arch in her in her feet and she's getting like varicose veins or something like that on her <laughs> cellulite. It was cellulite. Um she's just getting Margot Robbie with cellulite. Less yeah, perfect. <laughs> and she has to go see this weird Barbie on the edge of town. And weird Barbie is Kate McKinnon. Yeah. 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 She's, um, (laughs) she's just funny. She just, she tells Barbie that there's this portal. She's got to go close the portal. She's just your classic, like weird person. You have to go to, to get your quest in in any story. Okay. So this is the hero's journey. (laughs) Hero's journey. Let's go. So she, she gets ready to go through the portal and Ken's like, I'm coming with you. So she's like, fine. So what <laughs> happens with Ken? Because so far what it sounds like, I mean, I know because we've talked about it a little bit, a little but so bit. far what it sounds like is Ken is, I feel like from what I understand of this movie, this movie is about extremes. And yes. I don't think the movie answers the the problems with the extremes, but I think it acknowledges them. And I yes. think there is something to be said about even a movie that can acknowledge an issue. For me, yes. personally, I really love nihilistic films. There's a lot of dark comedy dark humor nihilistic films that the the conclusion is wrong in mm-hmm. i mean because it's nihilism right right and i'm not a nihilistic person i believe in hope and, and and everything but i feel like sometimes the nihilistic films are by far the best at understanding that there is a problem yes and not diagnosing what to do with it but just bluntly putting you in putting it in your face that there is a problem and it's a very serious problem more yeah. than more than any other type of movie is and would you say this is at least good on that front, like diagnosing, we have a problem here. And, and yeah, yeah, no, I, so f- when they get to the real world, the first thing that happens with Ken is that all of a sudden he is treated with basic respect for the first time in his existence. And he's like, Oh my goodness. What is it? He's like going up to people and asking questions and like, do the men, he, he sees um he sees some police officers on horses and he gets very excited because Ken loves horses. And he's like, do the men on horses run this world? <laughs> he's like, what is it called when the men run the world? And somebody tells him it's patriarchy. And he's like, I love patriarchy. And it's a very childlike understanding of patriarchy. And yes. You know. And so I've seen a to lot me, of the, the joke is funny. Like yeah. I get it, but yeah. I also get the other side where it's like, Oh, great. Here's another talk about two patriarchy. hours of being lectured to about the evils of the yeah. patriarchy. So I do understand like a knee jerk reaction to yes. this 
idea. I, I heard a lot of conservatives say like they said patriarchy X amount ten of times, times ten yeah, times heard, in this yeah. in this movie, and I think it's funny that they said it that many times. It's funny that Ken is discovering what a patriarchy yeah. is, and he also <laughs> said matriarchy, right? Like he lives in a matriarchy. He world, lives so. in a matriarchy. So he's he's saying patriarchy right. because it's a new thing because all he has experienced is matriarchy and he hates it. So this movie. That is coming out of this feminist culture, because we we have to, we shouldn't expect a movie made by this culture to to, to magically be, be conservative. Yeah, right, right. For sure. But if but it, it can, it's a recognizing that Ken is unhappy in the yes, and all the Kens are unhappy. Okay, and because <laughs> all the Barbies are named Barbie and all the Kens are named Ken, it's hilarious. But love the joke there it's, too. It's great. The but, meta, the meta is great. Like that's why mm-hmm. I say this movie's really made for twenty to thirty year olds yeah. who get who live in the meme culture, who grew up a certain way, and, and want to re- you know remember yeah. it and stuff like that for sure. Yeah. So what you have the the if this was really sorry if this was really marketed towards kids, I don't think it'd be a live action. No. No. It would, they would do it like the Lego movie. The Lego movie is incredibly successful. Well, there's just, already Barbie movies. Yeah, but they're like shit you know what i mean <laughs> well, so yeah, like if they right. wanted to make like an a-list like barbie movie sure. with like big names and like you know good graphics and stuff like that i feel like they could do that yeah yeah anyway go so ahead. right off the bat as we're setting up this problem we are we are explicitly saying matriarchies suck for men now there isn't any awareness that matriarch matriarchies are also bad for women but hey for a feminist culture to acknowledge that the that the female dream sucks for fifty percent of the population, that's incredible. I feel like there might maybe there's a soft acknowledgement of it, right? Because mm-hmm. why is Barbie leaving? She has yeah, she bar, part I mean, of she's, this. Portal, she's got to be at least somewhat un, unsatisfied. Yeah. Barbie has this like she's she's being filled with this existential dread of like, have you ever thought about dying and why am I getting cellulite and it, it's she's having this strange relationship with the real world and it's explained to her by weird Barbie that she's having a relationship and a portal has opened between her and the, the girl who's playing with her. So from both ends who they've, they've linked up Mm -hmm. and created this relationship, which from again, this portal between a created world and the real world, but like the real, real world It's very much what we're very, yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's what's interesting about both of them. We haven't t- talked about Oppenheimer yet, but like there's definitely a lot of stuff conspiracy yeah. filled related. And that's why I know we talked about this before, but it feels like the perfect duo of movies to talk about. Yeah. Like me, I'm personally super interested in seeing uh, Mission Impossible <laughs> Dead Reckoning more than anything else right now. I just don't think it's as related. Well, it's CIA and so I mean, we'll, we'll and then it. obviously we're going to we're going to go tomorrow and see Sound of Freedom. So like there's going to be some stuff there. But this this does feel like oddly perfect for kind of stuff well, we're talking about. We should have led with this, but that's fine. Um, there's a, I think there, there's a reason why these two movies have been marketed so heavily. I don't think right. I've ever been marketed two movies at the same time this heavily, especially yeah. when there's four big movies in theaters right now. Yeah, I don't think I've which even which also been is a thing that we haven't one. seen in years. Yeah, like literally since before COVID, we have not seen a a July with four movies that are actually contenders for like something you know being important. What's the fourth one? Sound of Freedom, Mission Impossible. Oh, you're counting Sound of Freedom. Okay. All right. Got it's, it. Well, it's talked. I mean, that one's been marketed to me more than anything else. I don't think Hollywood expected Sound of Freedom. I thought you were talking about four that they knew no, all no, no, four no, no, would no. be. Just like four that are in the zeitgeist this much. Got it. At the same time. Yeah. I, we haven't seen in years. I Well, 
I don't even. I I don't even watch. Well, I sh- Mission Impossible is probably the least of those. Yeah, true. That's what I'm most excited that's, for. It, but it, yeah, it's yeah. it's insane. It's that Mission weird Impossible. that Mission Impossible would be the least. Like, yeah, the, the fact that there's three movies that are being talked about way more than Mission Impossible. Which <laughs> by all, everyone I've heard is it's amazing movie. That says something about the quality of movie or you know whatever. You could say quality. I guess the quality of movies that have come out this year compared to the last three years. Yeah. I haven't been watching movies in theaters much lately at all. Mm-hmm. And I've watched Asteroid City, which, again, really, really weird movie that's in theaters right now. That. Yeah, that's yeah. not in the zeitgeist at all. And then went to see Oppenheimer and went to see Barbie. And I just couldn't help myself of like, everyone's talking about this. I have to understand. Because... It's, it seems like such a cultural moment. And why is it such a cultural moment? Why are these two movies so important to us as a culture right now? And why are they so politically charged? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> from Okay, so from what I've heard so far, it sounds like what we're seeing is extremes, mm-hmm. right? And the extremes we're seeing are matriarchy, matriarchy versus patriarchy. Yeah. Right, like, and the worst of each, or maybe not the worst of matriarchy for sure. It's definitely not like no, I would it's say, just dimly acknowledging dim, that matriarchy. Yeah, is- dimly acknowledging that matriarchy is not good for men. It's not as it's not taking it to the way that like one flew cuckoo's nest was like right. a, a you know a con- condemnation of a matriarchy. Sure. But uh, on the other side, you're seeing patriarchy, which we, you, it's just a buzzword now. Like it's just like oh, patriarchy that means bad. And then with Ryan Gosling, particular in right. particular, you're seeing. Barbie not interested in this dude because he's this nice guy who's simping for her. Right. And there's something to be said about this. I don't know if you want me to go off my tangent about <laughs> go the whole, for it. Okay. This pisses me off. This whole like nice guy thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And my thought is the idea that, well, I'm nice. Why won't she sleep with me? What if I, right. if I'm, if I'm in, if I emotionally manipulate this woman, she doesn't sleep with me. Then something's wrong right. with culture or this woman or ever since instead of like be a man. I don't know. Like the idea that, to be a man means you have to be a piece of shit or an asshole or a drug dealing biker or the opposite is an emotionally manipulative loser. It's so stupid. So like that's what you're seeing in this movie, right? Is you're seeing this emotionally manipulative loser, Ken, who's just simping for Barbie. And she's right. like, I'm not interested in you because you have no personality <laughs> and nothing to offer. Yeah. Like being nice is not a personality. Yeah. Right? And I get that condemnation of the whole nice guy whiny bullshit. And on the other hand, you see him get sick of that and sick of a matriarchy and just become, am I wrong to assume he basically becomes Andrew Tate? He does. And this is, this is so interesting to watch that this is the pendulum swing is, is how humans do things. Y- you go to one bad extreme and then you swing back to another bad extreme. You mm. never, you never correct properly. So and this fa- movie doesn't doesn't correct properly fully either. No, does it, it doesn't, yeah. and I I think it'd be weird for us to expect it to. Yeah. Um. But what it does acknowledge is what would happen if men who have been in a matriarchy, who have never experienced any type of respect in their lives, figure out that that exists and it's possible. Mm-hmm. And and Ken is like, I'm going to bring the patriarchy back to Barbieland. So he he brings all these ideas back to Barbieland, but he doesn't really understand them. He doesn't understand how to be a good male leader. He doesn't understand how to be a moral male a moral male leader. He so he comes back and he basically becomes Andrew Tate, and he's just like, yeah, I'm the man. And and he and he gets all the Kens and they take all of the Barbie mansions and they make them um like bachelor pads. It's it's it is funny, and um. Barbie has a whole storyline where she's finding the mom and that's less interesting to me. Um, she's finding this girl and her mom 
The only interesting part, I think, is when she meets the girl she thinks is the person who's been playing with her, that she thinks that she has this portal with. Um, this girl hates her because, she, and she calls her a fascist. She's like, you're a materialist, terrible beauty standard. You're ruining everything. You're the worst. You're a fascist. And she makes Barbie cry. And genuinely, this scene is making fun of people who call everything they don't like fascism. Which is which is hilarious. And I <clears throat> maybe I'm reading too much into this, so tell me if I'm wrong. But it, it, it feels like the problem with all of these di- dichotomies is the fact that they're just void, devoid of morality. So even yeah. with this chick, you've got the... So I mean, let's just assume she's a Bernie Sanders socialist. That's just she yeah, that, like, right? that seems about right. So you got right. this Bernie Sanders socialist who's like, "This is why capitalism is bad." And th- what she points out is actually entirely wrong. <laughs> she's like, "Capitalism minus morality." This not this would be the intelligent thing she's not saying. Right. Capitalism minus morality is this materialist void, and that sucks. So I want to fix it with this opposite, this equal and opposite awful thing <laughs> right. of socialism. Matriarchy is bad. Patriarchy without morality is bad. Yeah, yeah. It, it does seem like it's at least acknowledging on a, a lot of different fronts that these extremes are bad and there has to be something, even if it doesn't yes. come to that conclusion. And that in and of itself makes the movie far more interesting to me than this hot garbage thing that I've yeah, been told it is. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like there were so many moments that were positive, that were diagnosing the culture and then pushing in the conservative direction. A moment where you're like, that's really ridiculous to call something like Barbie right, fascist. Yeah, yeah. Like she's not fascist and just push in the right direction. And, and Ben just wasn't willing to even notice those moments. And that seemed very strange to me. Normally I think of Ben as a very thoughtful person who notices things and doesn't ignore things. And so to watch him ignore these moments in the movie that were really positive mm-hmm. was strange to me. I think this is the problem with the outrage culture though, mm-hmm. is that, we can't accept the wins and we're and we can't win because we can't accept incrementalism which yes. has been my big thing for a long time the reason all these awful ideas got to where they're at is cuz people were willing to push further than they wanted and then mm-hmm. accept little victories yep. along the way right like a slinky you pull it this way and you let go and it yeah. just keeps inching in one direction or whatever and i don't think our side is any good at it and i, I wish we were better at it let's let's pull back a second yeah yeah um Ben's review will lead many, many people to never, ever watch the movie. I was highly encouraged based on Ben's review to not watch the movie. I asked Twitter if I should go see Barbie and they yeah. were like, no, it's it's such awful garbage. Don't waste your time. And then I, I decided I just wanted to like see it and make up my own mind about it. And I actually had a good time and liked it and had a lot of thoughts, but I wanted to talk about it. And... Um, well, and so far, you, you and me have had some pretty interesting conversations, conversations about based it, yeah. on this. Yeah, yeah, and um, which if if in if all it is is a really good conversation starter, and here's the issue, here's what the issue is acknowledging, here's some extremes. Yeah. What do we do? That can be a positive thing for culture too. I think. Yeah, well, I think if there's a movie that diagnoses where we're at pretty accurately and then pushes a little conservative, and that movie does really really well in the box office, what is the conclusion? Oh. We should push a little more conservative. Yes. But if but if Ben has it his way, no one will see it. It'll do terribly, and they'll chalk it up to the feminists who are it screaming. Didn't go far enough left. Right, because there are tons of right. people who are really, really mad that, that Barbie didn't go far enough left. And I think that that's something to pay attention to is like we have Ben 
saying there was no redeeming quality about this movie. Mm-hmm. And the feminists and are mad about it. Probably a big part of it is just the fact that he's a man who was mad that he had to go see a Barbie film. Right. And maybe that just, yeah. Just, it to, wasn't for you know, him. To be nice yeah. about it. But yeah. But okay. So there's the. Okay. Barbie meets the teenage girl and finds out that it's not the teenage girl who's been playing with her and created this portal. It's her mom. Mm. And it's her mom who's who's trying to figure out how to connect with her daughter. She's feeling herself getting older. She's just she's just I, having existential crisis. I feel like that answers the audience question too. Yes, that she is the you intended would think this audience is for kids, but this is really intended for the moms. For for millennials, yeah, for millennials for sure. who are who are you know, wanting some nostalgia, wanting some. There is a very strong yeah. want for nostalgia. And that says something about our culture too. Yeah, it does. But this this family, this mom and her daughter and their very wholesome father figure, he's not in the movie much because it's a girl's movie. But when he is, it is very positive. And he's just a sweet dad doing dad things. It's very, it's a very wholesome family union. You don't see that very often in these movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, that there, in and of itself is a win too. Yeah. I think. Yeah. There's this whole thing with Mattel where Barbie ends up in Mattel headquarters and realizes that all of Mattel is run by men. And it's this fascinating thing where they acknowledge that a lot of this female empowerment stuff is being sold to our culture by men who simply want to make money off of it or are content. Which would be a conservative point. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That they, that like, like to take this to an extreme example yeah. of this, the, you know, feminists are pushing like, how do I liberate myself? Sell my body to, to strange men on the internet. Yeah. That's being pushed by men and they're <laughs> buying it and it's stupid. And it's awful for our culture. Yeah. I think that there are a lot of good arguments that feminism has had, you know, well, feminism has had horrific effects on our culture. Mm-hmm. And there are good arguments to be made that we're in sort of a soft matriarchy, especially with our with our nanny state. Yeah. But at the same time, it it seems to also be kind of true that we are secretly still a country that's run by men, but that feminism is a means of control. Yeah, and it does seem like the the argument there, and again, I'm not trying to read too much into it, but like, the argument there seems to be men; these men who are completely immoral mm-hmm. are a problem. Yeah, and and they're, it's acknowledging that, and it's acknowledging the fact that the answer is not <laughs> Andrew Tate. Yeah, and I do find this funny that more conservatives aren't praising the movie for that aspect, considering that most—I shouldn't—I don't know most, but like Ben Shapiro type, mm-hmm. right, would agree with us that Andrew Tate is completely awful for our culture. It's not the answer to to the right. nanny state and to feminism. It's uh, not even just an overcorrection. It's just disgusting. Yeah, it's it's gross. I Ben was also mad at this movie for acknowledging that it's sometimes difficult to be a woman in a uniquely female way, which is which is true. Which is true. If 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 we agree that we live in a fallen world, so it's difficult to be human, and if we agree that men and women are different. And have different challenges and different. And of course, uh, we yeah. have unique challenges. Of course, there's room in our, there's room even in conservative circles. You would think, there needs to be. Yeah, you would think that it would be appropriate. How to else ha- do you answer feminism, right? Yeah, 
Well, you would think that it would be fine to have a movie where we acknowledge where, where, where women can talk to other women about how hard it is to be a woman. Like the same way that men should be able to talk to other men about our, you know, our unique issues for sure. Yeah. Ben seemed to be okay. I, I, I'm not going to lie. Ben's Ben's reaction to this movie just dis, disturbed me. He was really offended that Barbie was so mean to Ken. Barbie is not mean to Ken. Barbie just doesn't want to have sex with Ken. And what was was did Ken sorry, did Ken ever play a respectable character on either end? No. As as the overly nice guy, emotionally manipulative simp or the Andrew Tate guy. Like wh- no. at what point does he deserve? No, he's he's inc- he's an incredibly girl. weak guy. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> it's it's So if he's the bad guy, he's bad for all the things that men shouldn't be. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So his his society does not treat him well, and and that is well acknowledged in the movie. Um, it is it is Ken's entire driving force is that is that he likes how he's treated in in the real world, mm-hmm. with with basic respect. And and all the Kens when he comes back and tells them they're like, oh my goodness, this exists. We want this, but but to pretend that that Barbie is somehow evil. Mm-hmm. For not being into that guy is is a weird conser- It's a weird position for a conservative to take. So then we have this is where the movie I think does a good job of saying, "Hey, this is where we're at," or "Here's some things we're noticing about the world." Like we think that we're pushing toward this feminist utopia, or they do. Greta Gerwig does, or them Mm -hmm. but here are some things we're noticing are kind of wrong with our worldview here here are some pitfalls we're noticing along the way another thing that ben said that was disturbing was he there's a scene where barbie has just come into the real world from her world she's dressed like a barbie doll and she walks up to a construction site where like four or five men are sitting around she walks right up to them and she she starts talking to them and, and and tries to say like she's looking for a woman to talk to she she's a barbie so she thinks that everyone with jobs is a woman you know so she's looking for a woman so she walks right up to them and and she says i can't remember what she says but the guy says some pretty thirsty disrespectful things to her and and ben reacted to the scene as if it was just like being beat over the head with feminism and i'm like no that's exactly what would happen if a girl who looks like margot robbie and is dressed like a barbie suddenly walked up to four guys at a construction site and started inviting a conversation does ben not live in the real world where men are lusty well i also find it funny because the other thing that ben would say that i agree with is that we live in an over pornified culture correct and the fact that men are less respectful of women because they're shoved it, what's shoved in their face constantly right. is women who don't respect themselves is a very real issue right and i think you have to acknowledge that too if you want to fix the culture so yeah. i i get on one hand it's like we get sick of being told all men are pigs and blah blah blah, blah, blah. sure but it doesn't it, both things are true right <laughs> like not all men are pigs and also our culture is destroying young men destroying young women in very sexual ways right uh, using sex to destroy them i should say and porn to destroy them so it, the acknowledgement of it isn't always just feminism, I guess, or or, or or even the or even a problem with feminism as much as uh, yeah. yeah. It's weird to be a conservative Jewish person and not acknowledge 
that lust is a problem in our world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is. That's <laughs> like, yeah, hurts women. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird to and and Barbie makes a comment about it having an undertone of violence. It, it, she's echoing Ken says something about an undertone of violence, and she's like, "Yeah, that seemed." It, it doesn't come out of nowhere. She's echoing something that Ken said, but she says that that this interaction had an undertone of violence for her, and that's exactly how I felt getting cat called randomly on the street. There's, it's not just a, uh, I appreciate you and your beauty. It has an undertone of like I want something from you that you don't want to give me, but I'm gonna have it. Mm-hmm. So I, as a woman watching a movie that was made for me. There was nothing about that interaction that was leftist to me. It was just a true thing about the world. Well, also as a conservative man and a Christian man, I would say acting like that is not becoming. It's, it's not. Right. It's not good. Yeah. So it's like. Eh. I don't know why Ben would be offended by that scene. Uh, other than just the fact that you know people get sick of the feminist trope that all men are like that. Sure. Uh, yeah. But if. <laughs> It seems like we try to we as conservatives we try to say two things at the same time that yep. the world is really awful right now, and everyone is super sinful right now, mm-hmm. and also women have it perfect and, and and women can't complain about any specifically right they're they're complete they don't go together at all for sure yeah so we get back into Barbie land. Ken has already set up his patriarchy. Well, Barbie's been gone because they both went back at different. They came into the real world together, went back at separate times. When Barbie gets back with her two human friends, it's been taken over by the Kins and patriarchy reigns supreme. But it's an Andrew Tate type of patriarchy that is not at all respectful of women. It's very much like all the women are kind of like Hooters waitresses now, and it's it's all very how Andrew Tate. Would, they all work would for happen. his cam site. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly. And this is where I started to not like the movie as much. I, I think we got into, we diagnosed some things well. We did some things well. And then the conclusion was more what you'd expect from a feminist movie. Right, for sure. Um, Where the Barbies are like, this, you know, they begin the work of taking down the patriarchy, which was bad. How it was set up was bad. Sure. And in reinstating the thing that they had. Which was also bad. Which was also bad. Yeah. <laughs> what I do find interesting is if there's a silver lining in this, it is that the one couple that seems to be the shining example from what you've told me is the Mattel worker and her husband and yes. daughter, right? Yeah. And in that family... It, it, or am I correct to assume that the like all of the good family, like conservative family values, are pretty much at play? I, I think so. Like yeah. essentially, in like a, a basic. Yeah. yeah. So in this, like, it's not just like a girl boss mom. No. And this like submissive, like pussified dad. I don't think so. Okay. I I mean I think that so there's at least some example of like what somewhere between like uh, an immoral patriarchy and a you know soft you know matriarchy looks like, or not soft but like sure. a, a matriarchy looks like right it doesn't go very far that the dad isn't in a, a a lot of scenes and he's not particularly like it's not highlighted but it's like there a little bit right he's not yeah it is what the movie is what it is well, it's not a perfect movie yeah so one of the other things that ben got really really offended by <laughs> was 
as they are, they're deprogramming the girls who have fallen for the patriarchy and trying to bring them back into the, into the fold to, Mm -hmm. to get the world set right. And, and in doing this, they're just talking about struggles of what it's, what it is to be a woman. And Ben's like, they just lectured me and lectured me. It's like, Ben, not for you. <laughs> this this movie wasn't for you. Yeah. You're not being lectured. This is this is women commiserating with other women about particular like unique struggles to femininity. That this is this is a totally real thing. Um Ben was mad about a trans character in the movie. I knew that there was supposedly a trans character and I did not figure out which one it was. So it's not in your face at all. Maybe I was not paying enough attention. But like I, I was kind of looking, and I I didn't particularly notice which which one it was supposed to be. So it was Michael Sarah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but the thing that stood out at the end, and it called back to the beginning scene, was that the human lady is talking to the CEO of Mattel, and she's making some suggestions of like new Barbies, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Could we just have an ordinary Barbie, one that doesn't have these?" like impossible beauty standards about her. She's not asking for a fat Barbie. She's not asking for a slovenly Barbie. She's asking for, this is a, this is a skinny woman, a fit woman. She's just asking for an ordinary Barbie that just isn't perfect, doesn't have it all together, more of the actual female experience. And she's like, maybe she could be a mom and it's okay to be a mom. This This is a feminist movie outright stating that it's okay to be a mom and it would be good if alongside the lawyer Barbie and the doctor Barbie and all of the Barbies that are supposed to be inspiring girls to have careers, that you also have a mom Barbie acknowledging that this is this is a valid career to choose. And then the movie ends with this this um, kind of montage of moms playing with their daughters. So this, like, by, this by no means sounds like a perfect movie, but if like that is the conclusion yeah. to everything that you've told me, I feel like there is a there there has to be some silver lining that we acknowledge in this and in the culture. Yeah, an incremental win. Like we were here and this movie pushed us to here. Maybe we would like to be all the way over here, but can we acknowledge that we like made some progress? Yeah, yeah. Um I don't I don't understand the conservative screeching about barbie uh, if you're a man and you you don't want to watch it don't want it's not for you <laughs> i wouldn't drag pj to see it unless he wanted to, i wouldn't I'm drag my for it though, <laughs> your so. we might as well go. yeah might as well go <laughs> All right, those are my thoughts on Barbie. Any last questions? No, it was just a very different take than i've heard and i feel like you explained it really well and i feel like i've got a different uh you know mindset going into i'll probably end up watching this movie with my daughter at some point you should um, but I'll probably wait till it comes out. So, all right. So now I, re- I really want to talk about Oppenheimer because I've been a big Christopher Nolan fan for a long time. And I wasn't, I'm not worried about you telling me about this. One. It's not like going and seeing Memento or Inception or Tenet where I'm like worried about spoiling the ending. I assume <laughs> that Hiroshima and Nagasaki do not fare well in this. No, movie. No, 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 no spoilers. No spoilers there. <laughs> Uh, unless you guys have never picked up a history book, but, uh, yeah. what is, what is it, what is it that's so interesting about this movie and what are the main kind of points that you think need to be yeah. discussed in this? Because it does seem, I don't know why, but it does seem to be like, you hear the joke a lot, you know, like Barbie and Oppenheimer, like, yeah, together, and like yeah. there, there has to be something culturally significant about these two movies at this time. Oppenheimer was such a vast story and there was so much there. 
and I'm so frustrated with Ben Shapiro for reviewing Barbie where no one needed or like no one needed Ben's opinion of a movie made for women. But I could have really benefited from no his opinion. No opinion. <laughs> no. I, I would have really appreciated his opinion on Oppenheimer. Like it's there, there's there's a lot here. So Oppenheimer is about the guy Oppenheimer, Dr. Oppenheimer, who who headed up the Manhattan Project. And the whole movie, the the main theme I think is is the bomb itself. Mm-hmm. And like asking this question of was it evil for us to even make it? Right. And then was it evil for us to drop it? And and if if this thing is evil, basically I I think what the movie says is this is an incredible evil. We don't know who to blame for it. That's interesting. Yeah, I have some questions about that. What are the other like main points? Uh, so it's the story is framed around, it kind of tells Oppenheimer's story from the point of view of these hearings he's having in his, you know, way past the Manhattan Project, that that's all happened. The bombs have been dropped. We're deep into the Cold War. And he's having these hearings, these private hearings, to determine whether or not he will keep his security clearance. And what kind of emerges over the course of these hearings and over the course of the movie is there's a lot of government corruption being um, directed at him. Um, and I this is something that could be spoiled because most people, I well, didn't. Well, I think at this point, if, you know, yeah. spoiler alerts, we're yeah. going to spoil the movie. Um, what I, I think I can do this without, without doing, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't want to spoil it. All right. Well, we already spoiled that Nagasaki does not <laughs> fare well, but outside of that, we'll try to spoil Let's it. Let's just much. cut this, this one little part. Um, there's a lot of government corruption around, and I don't want to spoil it for you because there are details of this that. I didn't know and and you wouldn't know and the story really does hinge on that there is a little bit of a like sneaky reveal here if you don't know the history of it. So, but it's interesting to see a movie that kind of openly says there is a way for if if you don't like someone in government or if you have a personal problem with someone, you can just use all these channels to to ruin someone's life. Right. Um that that the government doesn't work quite perfectly, and there there is some deep corruption available there for people with power who are who are willing to use it. In I'm, certain I am ways. shocked. Shocked. So it was cool. It was cool to see them acknowledge that um, very explicitly. Mm-hmm. And then, but throughout the course of these hearings, it, it comes up that Oppenheimer has quite a few connections to communists, and and this is this is the one big scandal of his life is that he. He worked on the Manhattan Project, but he has these skeletons in his closet. Okay, so I want to start there with that because, first of all, for people who don't know the history, this I don't, I don't know if this is probably not in the movie, but there is an interesting question to ask of a guy who helped build a nuclear bomb, has the nuclear secrets mm-hmm. in his head, and might be favorable, favorable towards communism because it was American card-carrying communist members who gave the nuclear secrets to Russia right. completely changed the Cold War in every conceivable way. It's why, essentially, I don't want to go to all the history. It's why we did so bad in Korea, for instance. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting thing. Government corruption is obviously always interesting to me. But like, how when generally when Hollywood puts out a movie about communism, mm-hmm. because they're so self-centered, yeah, it is always 
oh my gosh, the government treated these card-carrying communist members who were in Hollywood poorly. Let's ignore the fact that those Hollywood card-carrying communist members stole the nuclear secrets yeah. and gave them to Russia. Does, does it give it that same like good night and good luck George Clooney bullshit take on communism or does it address it in a more honest way? I thought it was... I thought it was really honest, and I thought it was more honest than I think conservatives would be about it either. Mm-hmm. And I, there's one moment where Oppenheimer's wife, who had been a card-carrying communist and had left, um, left left that ide- ideology behind, behind, um, is is t- testifying before the committee, and she's like, "Look, when I joined, I thought this was about." America. I th- I thought that this these rallies, this ideology was about rights for workers and all the stuff. She said I didn't realize that this was attached to this global mm-hmm. effort to just destroy um, the West. And she said when I realized that, I left. That's the part that gets left out conveniently all yeah. the time is that being a card carrying communist did mean something more than workers' rights and some soft yeah. form of socialism. It was a pledge to support Stalin and in, in, in destroying the West. Yes. So I don't but know I if I buy that she didn't know when she got the but to, but it, it is fair to say that a lot of these people there is some sympathy that has to historically be had for people who are taken advantage of who their kids were working, you know, right. ninety hour weeks in factories for these, you yeah. know immoral people who, who who's who's the worst version of capitalism because capitalism in and of itself is not a good it's it's what we do with it so i understand the, the sympathy for people in these times um but i'm glad it at least addressed like no this really was a movement to destroy the west to destroy america and yeah. things like that so that's interesting it's, and i think on the side of being compassionate it, it really highlights that it was a movement that was targeted to young college students yes and yes. and so you see as all the worst movements today are. Yeah, you see several people in the movie who when they are young and dumb, they're involved with these communist circles and when they get older, they're like, "Oh, that was not what I thought it was." Right. Uh, and they get out of it. Um so Oppenheimer's connected to several of these people. His brother was a card-carrying communist. Um his the his wife was his mistress was, I think. His mistress yeah. um Continued to be okay. a car carrying communist. Um, so let's just touch on this really quick because I, my biggest issue with the movie was the nudity. And it is there, it's, it's not pointless. I understand the point of it, but I also disagree that you need nudity to make those points. I think that Nolan is a good enough director. Yes. That he could absolutely have made the points he wanted to make without it, but it it did have a point. Um, Oppenheimer, Doctor Oppenheimer, when he was a teacher, he allowed himself to get pulled into these communist social things. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that he, at least as a movie presents it, it wasn't that he sympathized with communism. It's that he liked his students. It's that he liked the social side of it and i think that he thought he could influence them for the better that he could he could you know go into those circles and talk to them and give his perspective and be like i don't that's a little too far or you know whatever but it does it does seem that he was liberal on, on the leftist side of his politics right yeah but 
at one of these rallies, he meets Florence Pugh's character, and this is the character with whom he has uh, two pretty long um, sex scenes. Sex scenes, nude scenes. In in one or both, it's more just like sitting around naked talking, but whatever. Um, I wish it wasn't there. Yeah, you said Christopher Nolan's a better director than that, and, he and is. my favorite example of this because he is is that I've never I've never actually heard a good argument for why nudity has to be in a movie. Well, maybe there's an exception I'm not thinking of because uh, one of the greatest directors, um, uh, Hitchcock. Hitchcock. In, in Vertigo was able to take an era where you couldn't show that type of stuff yeah. and then make a scene that has resonated with us forever. If you've never seen Vertigo, you probably are still familiar with the idea of people making out waves crashing to to show passion. Mm-hmm. The assumption there is that they had sex. He doesn't show it, but we still today, well, we 60 know. years later, understand that the waves crashing on the shore mean that. It's a, it's Because it's a powerful imagery that's so much more powerful, that is so much more memorable than just a cheap mm-hmm. sex scene. And and Nolan could have just done a nuclear bomb and we would have known. Actually, that would have <laughs> that would have been so fit. I haven't seen the movie, but probably I probably would have actually, been too funny. Yeah, but... it would have been too funny. I don't know. It's <laughs> like this bang! because this passion was bad, right? Because it was his mistress, right? It was like eh, it's, yeah, it's like getting out of hand. Yeah. So the idea is that he he begins like, cut to like yeah. have sex, cut to like a nuclear test uh, of like uh, yeah somewhere else. I think the if if I'm gonna just play devil's advocate, the reason why it is this way is that Oppenheimer's relationship with this woman was only sexual. Mm-hmm. So if, if you were going to have a scene where so it wasn't talking, passionate and it wasn't, it wasn't love. It was just lust. It was passionate, but it was, it wasn't love. Okay. Um, he cared about her. They cared about each other. She didn't want to be with him, which is why he ends up married. Um, but he carries on this relationship with her where basically he, he's, agreed that if she calls he'll come mm-hmm. and so a, a big part of what's destroying his life in these hearings is that he carried she, on a, he, he was yeah. deep into the manhattan project when he went and visited her and slept with her and now he has to tell the committee about this um and has to feel naked in front of them which is um there's a lot of like meta scenes in the movie that i i really appreciate because it gets you deep into the emotion of it but he they depict how he feels like he's doing this in front of them um which you could make an argument for the point of a scene like that but yeah that's as good of a point as, as any sure i could think of for sure. i think nolan's a better director than that i, I agree with you i'm just saying i understand <laughs> no I understand I, i'm agreeing with you so yeah. there's that i still think you should watch it but if do those sites still exist? Maybe just wait till you get it home. And then I think those scenes are fairly easy to skip. Yeah. Like to fast forward yeah, yeah. through. But yeah. you were going to ask me if things like Angel still exist that will censor it out. No, that, that doesn't exist no. anymore. Darn. Nope. That Disney ruined that. Disney ruined that. Yeah. Because yeah. that was an incredible it was a, service. It was a huge lawsuit. Yeah, yeah. It was a great service where you could basically put a movie in and be like, hey, just cut out swearing and nudity and, and this sex play scene the and, whole movie and just yeah. cut those things out or censor them real quick. And Disney sued them over, I don't know, like IP rights or something like that. It was something really dumb. It was it was really stupid. I don't think Disney would have won. They just knew that the Angel Studios couldn't fight back, uh, could, oh. couldn't afford to fight back. That sucks. Yeah. Well, yeah. I would get it home and if if you don't want to deal with those scenes and you don't want to watch it in the in theaters, I th- 
it's it's two scenes. It's pretty easy to see them coming, and you just get through them. Still a worthwhile movie to watch. Is what I'm saying. Nice. What about the uh, so what what about the government corruption angle is is interesting? This is there anything you can say about it without spoiling it, or is it just uh, a lot of good intrigue? Is that like the the crux of the like tension in the movie? Yeah, the crux of the tension is coming coming through this angle. I think the point that's made is how easy it is for someone in power to just use the bureaucracy to destroy someone mm-hmm. for for a personal reason. Right. Yeah. Um, to pretend it's all legitimate and have no one ask any questions about it, but to still have it not be remotely legitimate. I think we're seeing this play out on the, on the world yeah. stage in a big way right now. I'm not defending Trump, but like the fact that you can have 37 indictments against this guy while the president's son yeah. and the president himself are in a easily much bigger scandal right. and nothing's being done about it. It's, it's very timely in that way. I do have a question for you about the nuke thing because you yeah. said, you know, the question of the movie is, are nukes evil? And I saw some interesting debate on this on yeah. Twitter. And I feel like people are, are poss- I don't know what the point the movie makes exactly, but I'm guessing that people are missing the point. So the point that is has been made for a long time is that uh, if history is to be believed, and as conspiracy theorists, I wonder, but like if history is to be believed, the dropping of, of Fat Man and Little Boy saved a lot of lives because a ground invasion would have been so bad. I mean, we just right. know how bad the war was up to this point. Right. And that this was basically the only, it was awful. But it well, that's the point that we need to debate on. But like this thing had to have been done as awful as it is to save lives and to end a war qu- more quickly. Right. Does it contradict that point, or is it making another point? It, I appreciate that it kind of just takes everything into account and then doesn't really give you a conclusion. It's just mm-hmm. like this is what it is. And because we're that, dealing with like massive right death on a scale where it's like it's hard to even. Give a moral judgment on millions of people dying, right? Right. So, so here's kind or of the line. Many of, I don't know if it was millions. I think it was less, actually. I think like the city. It was, was two hundred thousand uh, per bomb. Okay. I I believe, uh, but they believe that a ground war would have been somewhere between one and one and a half. But million, that was the like initial that. blast, and then the number of people who died from radiation sickness or cancer later on is difficult to quantify. Yeah, it's very difficult to quantify, but it was it had to have been many. Yeah. Yeah. So, there, I think the most controversial thing about the movie is that it it does pretty much say or strongly suggest, it strongly suggests that Japan was about to surrender when we dropped the bomb. The bombs. Okay. And that's a debatable point, and I think that Japan was, in fact, not about to surrender. But basically, I think it comes down to the president's... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think it comes down to the president's word on the intelligence he received about... Okay. Again, I, I'd be willing to look at other evidence that says sure. differently. If we're going to go by the narrative that I know, mm-hmm. that, that I don't have any reason at this point to disbelieve, they papered both cities saying, yeah. we're going to nuke the shit out of you if you don't surrender right now. Right. Like you've seen our tests, you know what we're capable of. We are going to do this thing if you don't surrender. So mm. they dropped pamphlets for like a week beforehand. I don't know. Yeah. They told them it was coming. So like 
again, if this is if this is all true, they told him it was coming. They dropped one bomb, said, "Hey, will you surrender?" They didn't. They dropped another bomb. So I actually don't, based on that evidence, based on what we know of history, believe that Japan was about. To I surrender. agree with you. I agree with you. So, right. what we have throughout the movie is how Oppenheimer feels about it, mm-hmm. and I think that this does not have to be controversial. It's how Oppenheimer felt. It's how the guy who made the bombs felt about the bombs. Right. Um, if he believed that it wasn't necessary, if he believed that Japan was about to surrender. That's how he feels. That's how he feels. Um, and if I was the doctor, I would be like, even if there's a chance that they were about to surrender, that would weigh really heavy on me. Well, this is the interesting thing because I saw in your comments on Twitter talking about this, right? Is this idea that I think people are conflating, right? Between right. You, you essentially said nukes are evil, right? Yeah. And, and their that's, existence. Yeah. Their existence is evil. The use of the, like all of these things, right? And I think that that is a different point than saying, did it save lives? Was it better than, like, was it the right. lesser of two evils? Right. And in and of that statement is two, two evils. evils. Yeah. And I think that people so want to defend saying this was a better choice than the other choice. I'm not disagreeing with that. I actually believe that right. uh, based on everything that I know. Yeah, me too. But that doesn't change the the morality of, of super yeah. weapons that can take out cities. Yeah. So there's two separate questions. And Oppenheimer is really not... The bigger question that Oppenheimer is interested in is the existence of them and at all. And how that's changed the world and if it's made it right. worse. So Dr. Oppenheimer was deeply into this type of science before anyone split the atom. And then when someone split the atom, he was like, oh. And so it was his lab that recreated it immediately. And then he he got placed, he, he immediately saw the uh, application to bombs. Mm-hmm. He pretty quickly got put in charge of the Manhattan Project. And um, also because he knew who he was fighting in Germany. Like he knew those scientists, he had met them, he had worked with them prior. So he he was, it made sense for him to head this up even with all the communist skeletons in his closet, which they knew about when they set him up with all this. Mm-hmm. Um, and he well, was, let's, let's just be honest about this though. Do you think our government would be worried about using somebody who had bad ideas? Paperclip. Paperclip, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> and, and, Werner and, von Braun. And they, they don't get into paperclip at all. In this movie, I wish they did. Mm-hmm. But when when we say atomic bombs are evil, it seems that the knowledge that even got us to the point of knowing how to begin to make a bomb or even conceive of it came from evil Nazi scientists who seem to be talking to demons or to fallen angels. Yes. <laughs> well, there was also there's this story. We'll have to delve into this in a future episode that uh there was something they, they basically base uh had the nuclear bomb mm. in in Germany in the early 40s. Mm-hmm. And something crazy happened that made them lose like the the lab or the technology uh, or something like that. So they might have been onto it before or 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 the 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 greater conspiracies that they stole some of those scientists away even in in the war and like yeah, made him, sabotage it made him here. But let's yeah. just uh, all we know. I'm is, sorry, I'm not trying to get to like to it. Yeah, all we know is that after World War II, both America and Russia were desperate 
not to get rid of all the evil Nazi scientists who had done absolutely evil executable things, but to get them and then to use them to discover things. And why were they so desperate to have these evil, evil scientists on their team? To do good things like MK Ultra, obviously. Yeah. Okay. And so, MK Naomi. <laughs> that's just that's just beside the point. But Dr. Oppenheimer pursues this science with great passion because he's deeply interested in the science. Mm-hmm. And the idea that the movie presents is that he saw how evil the Germans were. Right. So his justification for making this bomb was they are evil. I know the scientists. They're smart. They will get there. So we have to get there first. Which even that is like justifiable. I get it. I'm not saying that he should not have made the bombs. But But I don't think we have to be forced to feel good about it either. We shouldn't because some of the arguments are if the Nazis hadn't been so evil, we wouldn't have felt the need to invent this bomb and to be yeah. And to do something so incredibly evil. Right. Right. We only did it because we knew that they would do it. And I would say, you know, going back to our line of thing that we're talking about, this justification did spur on. It was a a chain reaction for a justification for so much more evil, starting with Paperclip, then MKUltra and MK Naomi, Mm -hmm. and on and on and on and on and on. As soon as it became convenient for our government to say they're going to do something bad, let's do the bad thing before they do. How many how many how much great evil has been released into the world since that one decision? Because because we because said the justification worked once. This is a, this is an okay once. thing to do. Yeah. Yes. It's difficult. It's a difficult moral question and I I appreciate Nolan for tackling it and mm-hmm. not pretending like he had an easy answer to it. There is yeah, and that's the thing there's not an easy answer. There's this scene with Albert Einstein where Dr. Oppenheimer goes and he talks to Albert Einstein because he has this problem with the bomb and it's that they genuinely don't know from a scientific standpoint whether setting off the bomb would start a chain reaction that could destroy the world i did not know that so in the conclusion of the movie pretty much is that oppenheimer's like we didn't it it didn't the bomb didn't do that but i kind of think it did Mm mm-hmm you saying that's what Oppenheimer was? That's saying? what Dr. Oppenheimer. Is. Damn, because that's a that's actually a pretty uh, amazing point. It if, is if incredible you're thinking about it in a yeah. not nuclear physics type of way, but in a justification. Can you of see evil why kind of way? I wanted. I want Ben Shapiro's opinion of Oppenheimer. Well, now I'm even more intrigued by this movie because that is <sighs> the big question, right? It is. And if that's the question it's posing, ultimately, is not was he a communist and mm-hmm. is this bad and is that bad and what you know maybe japan was going to surrender but if the real conclusion was at the end of the day shit got crazy we made some justifications and now that we're in the you know the nuclear fallout yeah. of these decisions what else like what chain reaction did it have it didn't have a, a nuclear physics chain reaction of like splitting more atoms and blowing up the whole damn world but did we destroy the world by the justification yes that's brilliant. I it fucking is. love Christopher Nolan. It's, it's it's and I'm sorry we spoiled this. I, I think it'll still have the same weight, yeah, yeah. but when I saw it, I was like shit and I started crying, to be honest. Like it the movie leaves you with this feeling that the world can never properly mourn the creation of these bombs. 
that just making them was such a terrible evil and it felt so necessary at the time. Mm-hmm. And and they kind of depict this as like Oppenheimer is carrying this entire weight. And they and they actually take it back further and show that Einstein was carrying yes. the weight of this. Where cuz Einstein was one of two people who signed a letter saying that the bomb was possible. Mhm. And and as an old man, Einstein was like, "Yeah, I I did this. I I did this." Um, looking, sitting in the middle of the Cold War, and looking at everything, and yeah. he and Oppenheimer, they carried that to their graves. Yeah, and I think I think it's good to acknowledge that, no matter what justification you want to come up with, uh, and again, I I kind of agree with the the idea that maybe it was better, whatever. Yeah. Like how maybe what other what other what other maybe story maybe line? I'm thinking about it different now, but like you can't take away from the fact that these people had to live with that guilt on their conscience, no yeah. matter no matter how you could justify it to them, that doesn't make them feel better about four hundred thousand plus people dying by something they in- invented. Yeah. And I think the questions are worth asking, even seventy, especially now, especially now yeah. with with everything that we know. It's tough. I I posted this on Twitter, and I understand why people who hadn't watched the movie would like not understand where my tweet was coming from. Sure. Um, Cause the movie was very emotional and, and it really delivers that like heaviness of the guilt of the thing. Sure. Um, really, really well. Cillian Murphy. I mean this, if he doesn't win an award for this, I'm going to be mad. He's such a fantastic actor. Um, and he did an incredible job with this particular role. Um, but I, I posted about how, what the movie was saying. I was just like, Oppenheimer is about how the bomb is evil. I didn't even say initially that I felt that way. I just said, this is what the movie's about. Mm-hmm. People got really, really mad at me. And in some ways, I think that there were other tweets about the movie. I think there was one in particular where a leftist was like, yeah, Japan was about to surrender and the U.S. was evil for dropping the bomb. And this is just another U.S. imperialism, blah, 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 blah. And so I think that there were people who looked at my tweet and like auto-corrected it in their heads yeah, to be that and then responded to it. But I felt like there were a lot of people who were like, people people I respect, you know, not, not stupid people, um, who were comparing the bomb to guns. Or like, well, Which is a- guns aren't evil. Give me a, Yeah. <sighs> Guns aren't evil. Fire isn't evil, but you know they have bad applications. And and I I I was like, well, hang on. Fire has a good application. What good application? Not net good, just good application. Does a nuclear bomb have right? The only the only good uh, nuclear bomb has is the good of the lesser of two evils, as we said earlier. Right. There's no like innate good use of a, of a nuclear bomb there's none that not at all unless you consider deterrence a thing but you also have to kill like tons of people to make deterrence work anyway right deterrence deterrence is just a response to evil it is a lesser evil and deterrence is with nukes is only necessary if your enemies have them so it also it goes back to not actually yeah the a nuclear bomb is this thing where the, its entire purpose is to kill as many civilians as possible. It is not just a big bomb for use in warfare. Mm -hmm. It is not just a big bomb to drop on an enemy base. 
it was created not i mean oppenheimer there's a lot of tension in the movie where basically oppenheimer says i made it so we would have it as a deterrent i didn't realize that the minute we had it we our government it. was going to use it yeah and and he tried to talk them out of using it and as soon as he realized that that's what they were going to do with a regular nuclear bomb he he really put the brakes on the h bomb Mm-hmm. He tried really hard to keep us from inventing the H-bomb. And this is one of the things that got him in trouble later. They were like, well, you're clearly working with the communists since you don't want us to have an H-bomb. But it was so much bigger. Right. And an H-bomb is so much worse. Um, a hydrogen bomb, a super bomb, just... I think if I'm correct, a hi- like two hydrogen bombs would take out the entirety of like the UK. It's something that yeah. much bigger. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. But there's no, how dare we not mourn mm-hmm. this? How, like, honestly, how, how do you, how do you not? I, it was one of those, sometimes I tweet something and I'm like, I know this is going to make people angry. <laughs> and sometimes I tweet something that I'm like, this, this is, we all know this to be true. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying it. I'm saying it so you can like my tweet, okay? <laughs> and and then you know, and think about this thing with me that I've just been reminded of. And I was surprised how many people were arguing that nuclear bombs were neutral, neutral, and 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 desperate to to tell me how necessary they were. And I, I think the only reason for that is they just are conflating. I mean, I'm trying to be nice about it, but like the nicest taken is they're conflating the argument between the, you know, what you're talking about and whether or not the ground war would have been ground invasion would have been. Worse. Right. And I and completely I, agree. But, but I, but it doesn't just, it doesn't actually answer the question. It doesn't change. It, it's anything. too yeah. cheaply. It's too cheap of an understanding of what this is. A lesser evil is still evil. Yeah. And, and the point of the movie back to that chain reaction that destroys the world the point of the movie is saying look when we weigh this when we weigh these two evils and actually try to say what was the lesser of two evils we we can't just stop at uh comparing the death toll of continuing with the war and and uh the deaths at hiroshima and nagasaki we have to say what was the entirety of the thing we can't quantify 70 years later i'm thinking to myself maybe maybe it was much more deadly in so many other ways. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's hard to and I appreciate that the movie does not lay blame at anyone's feet. If if anybody, it lays it at Einstein's. In the sense that the only person who's like, yeah, I understand mm. that I I did this. Um is Einstein and then Dr. Oppenheimer to a large extent as well. He's like, I feel like I have blood on my hands. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's also just an incredible discussion of like guilt. Yeah. And, and how it's an incredible moral question and it's an incredible example of like how to even navigate a moral question that involves guilt. Um, to, to tie this yeah. back to Barbie, to, to get the Barbenheimer. <laughs> we needed that. To, to get the Barbenheimer review. I feel like the problem with, with culture today and movies is that we can't look at a movie as a discussion piece where we yes. want the directors from Hollywood <laughs> to have all the damn answers and for those answers, we want them to echo what we think. 
Yes. And we don't want people who want to ask questions and pose scenarios yeah. that are, are interesting. And I think that on one hand, it's because we expect everybody's so stupid. And there are stupid people who are always going to misinterpret sure. everything. But I don't think it's I'm – not, I'm not convinced it's – well, maybe it's the majority. But I'm not convinced it's everybody. Maybe it's not for them anyway. I, I, I am convinced there's so many great discussions that can come out of thought-provoking movies. Yes. Even stupid, silly comedy thought, you know, movies can provoke really interesting discussions yeah. like Barbie. That if we're just going to see a movie saying, I hope someone says what I want them to say and gives them the answers, I, it ruins movies for me. My favorite yeah. movies don't have answers. Yeah. My well, favorite movies spark discussion. I'm, I'm going to say something that might get me canceled. Good. Conservatives don't have all the answers. And maybe there are some movies that might like present some questions that we should probably think about answering. And maybe if we had thought about and answered some of those questions, we could have avoided people like Andrew Tate. Yeah, like <laughs> from gaining such a strong foothold in the conservative movement before he started getting exposed way too late. Yeah, if the patriarchy is so good for society, if if patriarchy, men leading society, is so good, and feminism makes women so miserable, and and the patriarchy makes women so happy. Why did we ever have a movement that wanted to destroy the patriarchy? Right. And I think it just comes back to us saying is we're, we're looking at this without the, the moral question so, so often. Mm -hmm. And the people who want to ignore Oppenheimer are also ignoring the moral ramifications of things and just looking at a numbers thing. I think Oppenheimer makes I, – I, I don't – okay, I'm not going to say this about Ben. I hope Ben does an Oppenheimer review. I hope Ben talks about Oppenheimer. I hope more conservatives talk about Oppenheimer. Honestly, what I think is happening, and I think this is pretty shitty if this is true and not. I think it is so much easier for conservatives to talk about Barbie than to talk about Oppenheimer. It is so much easier for conservatives to shit on Barbie about how terrible it is than to watch the movie they say is the better of the two and talk through it because if there's one of the, I think, weaknesses of conservatism is a loyalty to the military industrial complex mm -hmm. and a, mil a loyalty to how we have as a country conducted ourselves in every single military thing forever instead of having actual conversations about the justice of each war uh, and the political corruption behind some of these wars and, and all of these things. Agree with you 100%. I also feel like conservatism becomes boring when it's just entirely reactionary and angry. Oh my God, yeah. And I would much rather be around conservative, like-minded conservatives and have deep conversations about things like Oppenheimer than just to hear the next outrage about some bullshit movie that we already kind of would have expected to be leftist and stupid. Right. It was a movie about a toy. It's a movie that, about a freaking toy. That has toy. always been a feminist toy. It's a movie about a feminist toy. Honestly, I think you got a more conservative movie than you could have hoped for. Yeah. And I'd rather spend the the mental effort of having good conversations about thought-provoking pieces that, that Christopher Nolan's making. Right. On Oppenheimer. <laughs> On Oppenheimer or anything yeah. else. Uh, I, 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 did I feel not... like that would make a much more wholesome uh, and, and interesting movement. I did not feel remotely sufficient to discuss Oppenheimer. I I would like to see anyone in conservatism actually give a thoughtful like like can we talk about oppenheimer can we talk about barbenheimer can <laughs> oh oppenheimer <laughs> yeah everyone's talking
talking about Barbie. Can we please talk about Oppenheimer? I invite. I want Barbenheimer. Literally, and I, I, I too want to see Barbie Mansion nuked. I too want to see that. I understand, but please, somebody respond and talk about Oppenheimer. <laughs> Thank you so much to everybody who watched this. I know it's not our usual content. You can catch Conspiracy Pilled at Wednesday nights, seven. 03 Eastern Standard Time and then uh, unhinged uh, Thursday nights also at 703. All right. Stay weird. God bless.